The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, March the 31st, end of the first quarter of the first uh, of 2011. And uh, the show is coming to you live from southern Vancouver Island and south Florida at the same time. Only the miracle of the internet could do that. I'm joined by co-host Dave Davies uh, from Beanstalk SEO. Dave, how are you doing this morning? I am doing uh, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It's a it's a great day. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not referring to weather, obviously, but uh, you know, it's a Thursday. Um, there's uh, there's some big news to talk about. We got a great guest coming up. I mean, you know, what what more can you ask for? It's going to be a good day. Uh, just for listeners, just so the listeners know, we have David Harry, aka SEO Gypsy, um, and the Sunsei of the SEO Dojo. Coming up, uh, probably about 20 minutes after the hour. Before we get to David, though, we have uh, Google's gone and done it again, dude. Google plus one. <laughs> Google looks like they're moving into the social milieu. They've introduced for a certain amount of U.S. searchers searching in English a button, the plus one button that you can uh, that will appear either beside organic or paid search results. And again, this. Currently, this was introduced yesterday. It's for a limited number of Google users in the United States searching in English. This is before they roll it out around the world. Um, It will show you or other people in your social network, which I'm still not really sure the definition of when it comes to Google, what you've been interested in searching. You want to press, press one beside a search result to show others in your network that you're interested um, you click the plus one button, and much like the Facebook like, little image of you and your name comes up beside that search result in the SERPs, displayed to all people who are part of your quote-unquote social network. Now, I think it's way cool. I think it's a great idea. I'm confused about a lot of the, um, both the implications and the facts when it comes to Google Plus One. Like, to begin with, Dave... What the hell is Google's definition of my social network? <laughs> well, I think to, to really grasp that, like right now, um, I think they're, they're very, very limited um, in, in what they understand. I don't know all the different places that they may be drawing this data from. I mean, we know a lot of Google properties, right? So are they considering the fact that G- my Gmail account is emailed Jim's Gmail account? So click you know, we're, we're, we're associated, you know, in some capacity to each other. Um, are they drawing their data from third-party sources? Um, we know, or, or at least it's been rumored that they'll start drawing from Twitter. So um, I, I think it, right now they're probably very, very limited. I would guess that at this moment um, their plus one is predominantly to affect 
you as you. Uh, but heading down the road, and I mean, this is, I mean, you know it, I know it, this is why we always have to look to the future. I don't know how many times we can talk about this on the radio. Um, heading down the road, we can see that they will definitely be expanding on this. And I mean, they themselves have brought up examples of, you know, if I wanted to go skiing, um, and, you know, my, my friend over in Vancouver has been skiing and has liked this specific resort up in Whistler or whatnot, you know, that resort will be given a plus. In, in my books because we'll, we'll be connected. So that leads us more towards the future, I think, in, in seeing the tips as what is Google doing, not what do they have now, um, but what are they heading towards. And one can infer from this plus one and that they keep talking about the fact that my results can impact yours. I mean, I, I would certainly say down the road, you and I will probably be connected um, and, and Google will be able to figure out that, that you and I you know, through, through, through our various connections are, are in fact connected. So if I liked something uh, related to SEO, that you will probably like it too, and then, you know, so will other people in our, in our network. Well, I, I don't think it's just going to be a straight friend network. I think it'll be more like a LinkedIn-type environment where it'll look at me and see you, and you and I may be directly relinked through, through various Google services, be it from, from Gmail or, or, or something that'll, that'll be coming up down the road. But I, uh, I would gather that down the road even further, people you may be connected to that I'm not, uh, much like trust rank passes or page rank passes, I have a feeling this friendship rank uh, will also pass down. And so if, you, if I like something, yep, you'll definitely have it, it influencing your results, but your friends may have it minorly impacting theirs. They may not see that I like it, but if enough of your friends that aren't connected to them start to like something, I can only imagine that that'll start to impact their results as well. Well, I can only hope that Google implements this social network in a, uh, well, how's the right way to say this, in a more respectful way than they, than they implemented the social networks he created with Buzz. And incidentally, if anybody is out there listening live and understands how Google is construing social networks, please jump in the Webmaster Radio chat room and throw up a link that shows, you know, all of us, how Google's figuring this out. You know what, what really pissed me off about Buzz when they just created this social network? Uh, I, I do, but our listeners may not remember because we ranted about this a, a little bit. Oh, it made me so then. mad. Two of, the, two of the people who were included in my network in Buzz who got to see all the stuff I was buzzing about, one was my ex-wife, you know, great person, you know, don't got, really got a problem with her, but I don't necessarily want her, you know, knowing everything I'm buzzing about. The other was a journalist who had scooped me a few years ago. Again, good person. Don't mind the don't mind the fella, but I really don't want this guy seeing my internal my personal communications. Right. Um, definitely don't want that. Um, so uh, yeah, if anyone out there knows how Google's figuring out what our social networks are, uh, again social networks as defined by Google, please let us know. We want to talk about it. We want to cover it. We want to let you guys know. Um, how do you think this will affect SEO in the future? Well, I think we've got the, the two sides of SEO that this is going to impact. One of them is just going to be fun for you and I to watch, and it's going to happen at the, at the early levels, and it'll probably be taken on by um, people that are – well, it won't be taken on by people who are listening, and it won't be taken on by probably some of the, the more – educated and, and experienced SEOs. But I think we all can imagine a world where there's going to be a lot of plussing going on um, under this, this belief 
um, that, hey, if, if a whole bunch of people start plussing me, um, that, that, that that's going to, to, to give me a, a great big um, boost up. Um, all of us have to know Google's anticipating this I mean, and that they've already come up with um, ways of detecting it and ways of augmenting it. If I were Google, and I imagine this is very, very similar to what they will do, the first step is going to be having your pluses affect you. The next step will be having your pluses affect your direct network uh, as they advance into, into their own um, social signals uh, a little stronger. And then they may, down the road, and I, I would measure it probably in at least quarters, if not years, um, be allowing these, these plus signals to start impacting um, you know, the more global results. If a 1,000 people um, all come in and they plus this specific resource, uh, you know, the, the, the web developer's SEO cheat sheet over on the SEO Moz site, um, you know, if 1,000 SEOs plus this and somebody looks it up, well, yeah, I think that they Google could treat that as a signal. But are they going to do that on, on day one? I mean, you and I have been SEOs long enough to remember when they started showing that little green bar and what happened to links, right? So um, I think Google's too smart to do that. So the first aspect of things I think is going to be kind of fun to watch because we're going to see a lot of people paying for, you know, 25 cents a, a light, right? <laughs> and in they'll go with their plus oneers and, um, and ransack the web through through proxies and plus oneing without ever um, actually considering it. But there's a, a great article over at Web Pro News on it. Um, Google Plus One is just the beginning. Highly recommended reading. Um, and they talk about the follow-up signals that Google can use, such as analytics and, and things that we've already given Google access to. What if I go to Google, I plus one something, but I never clicked on that link? Do you think Google can use that as a signal? I would bet dollars to donuts that they will. Um, and then what if I click that link just to go, hey, well, it needs to be clicked, too. Well, now Google's I've sent them a negative signal because I clicked through, and now I'm back at Google to hit the plus, and I was at the site for three seconds, and analytics detected it or just Google detected it. Um, I, I think you know it's just going to go kind of rampant for a little bit. Long term, I think as SEOs, as, as, as you and I, um, I think we're in for, you know, once again, a, a, another step towards uh, a really wild ride that is a slippery slope we, we've been headed on for a while, and a great one it is for me as a searcher, a pain in the butt for me as an SEO, which is ranking reports over time are going to be less and less, not important, it's always good to know what the generics result sets are, but as, you know, this is just another step towards more personalization. As a searcher, I love it. If I want to know where I should be staying in Penticton for my family reunion, I would love to know what all the places that my family looked up who were going to be there and what they plussed. I think that's a fantastic use. So as a searcher, I love it. As an SEO who's now going to run a ranking report and have a client who's in that industry and probably looked at a bunch of sites and is hooked up to some of his competitors who've all plussed stuff and you know some of their clients and they've plussed stuff, they're going to be seeing different results than we are because their network is different than ours. Um, we'll see the generic, and they're going to end up seeing um, something augmented by their own their own patterns even more. And even worse, not just augmented by their own patterns, but augmented by the patterns of people that they're associated with. And I, see, I mean worse as an SEO. Um, and I think that's the world we're heading to. But you and I know this. The more useful Google is, the more important our job is. Uh, and, and, and the more the better the results on Google are, the more people use it, 
I mean, not they have a big problem there anyway, but the more reliant people get on Google as an information source, and I, in this case, more an information source, and, and to quote, you know, to, to pull from Bing, more like a, dis, a, a decision engine, right? I mean, this will help them make their decisions based on, on preferences. I think the more that happens, uh, the more critical SEOs become. Uh, and, and, and as long as we keep up and as long as we're paying attention and running our tests and making sure we understand everything that's going on, uh, I, I think those that do will, will do really well, and those that stick with just the purest traditional, you know, 2005 version of SEO, uh, it was a dying, a dying thing anyway. And I think this is just another nail in that coffin. Well, that, and that's uh, just to, 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 to backpedal a little bit. That's not to say that um, a lot of the technique that was used up until this point is useless now. Um, great titles, great content good internal linking structure, uh, good site architecture, um, etc., usability. All those were factors in 2005, and they're still critical factors today. But as you said, Dave, if you're, still, if you're only practicing that, you're probably dead in the water. But if you're not practicing those things, well, all the social media in the world ain't going to help that website. Now, well, no, and I think your style of SEO... Um, which, I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know you are, are, are a big content person. And, I mean, I love content, don't get me wrong, and, and Kyle's actually right now writing a blog for our site. I'm sorry, Kyle's one of my staff, on the plus one, um, and then probably listening. Hi, Kyle. Um, you know, I, I'm all for content. I think it's fantastic. And in some ways, this will actually further those traditional SEO efforts in, in some interesting ways, while it may augment some of the, the, the core um, of SEO, you still need to be found in the first place. Like a new site isn't getting plus ones, right? You need to be found first. And we know Google's going to allow for that. Um, but even further, you talk about things like architecture, content, and information. Well, the more of that I have, the better my resource is, the better designed my site is, the bigger the chance of the plus one to begin with, right? So in some Absolutely. ways, it's going to help further reinforce that personal aspect and give human votes on this thing and make sure that people have good sites with lots of resources, some great images, you know, what, depending on the site type, um, you know, good descriptions on their products, stuff like that. So I think um, all in all, it's, it's a better web world um, that this could lead to, provided they do it right. Um, but, you know, I, I think as, as SEOs, it, it's going to take some, some adapting and it's definitely, who knows? I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it, you know, Pandas create it. Google will go off and, and just sort of take a hard left every now and then, and you know we all have to, you know, our inertia keeps us going, and we have to, you know, slowly turn that corner with them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see as this progresses. Do they all of a sudden, you know, we think we know where they're going, we think we know, and do they all of a sudden, you know, take a hard right this time and you know sort of catch us off guard and either do something brilliant that we didn't anticipate or do something stupid, which we've also seen from them as well, that just destroys um, something that they're trying to do. Well, the Plus one button is going to be rolled out to uh, a larger number of search users in the coming days and a plus one button that you can place on your website or in your paid search ad is also going to be rolled out in the coming weeks. It's a good article on that over at Search Engine Land today written by Greg Sterling. And um, for those who are listening live and in the Webmaster Radio chat room, I just posted a, um, posted a link in the chat room. And if you're listening via podcast... Uh, it's uh, Thursday, the 31st of March. Go into a back issue of Search Engine Land, find the Greg Sterling article, Google's Plus One, a potential boon to paid search marketers. Uh, good content, important stuff, and, and as, Dave, you know, as Dave just rightly said, it's, it is going to uh, 
assuming Google doesn't screw up the, uh, the, the rollout of it, as they have with every other social media attempt, read Orkut and Buzz, assuming Google doesn't screw this up, it's going to be a important, if not critical, feature, much like the like button is now a critical feature for SEOs. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind jumping on a couple other things before we go to commercial and come back with, with David Harry, um, a.k.a. Um, SEO Gypsy. We're going to be talking a lot of Panda in the coming, in the, uh, coming minutes. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Facebook now. As of yesterday, Facebook is allowing um, its users to turn their personal profile pages or their business pro- what was a business profile page into what's now being called a business page. For uh, about two years now, there's been a little bit of confusion between uh, a personal profile, a fan page, and a business page. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, Facebook tried to work that out by merging fan and business pages. But, you know, many people were still opening business pages as personal profiles. Big problem for Facebook, especially as Facebook is trying to move towards some sort of, providing some sort of uh, organic search results. If its users can't catalog for them, then Facebook has a, you know, it's going to have to come up with an algorithmic solution. So, what Facebook has decided to do is to allow you to convert your profile page to a business page. It be for bands, artists, causes, businesses, etc. Um, I think that's definitely worth knowing, especially for, there's a good article on Web Pro News today, uh, written by Chris Crum. A uh, good thing to know, especially for people who originally went down the wrong path and are now so far down it, they can't, you know, abandon the profile, but the profile isn't set properly. Yeah, I think this is this is great. I mean, for for me personally, now I haven't had a chance to play with it, so I'm going to admit, uh, you know, be really clear on ignorance there. Um, but I am really excited to, and I actually have scheduled time, um, some time tomorrow to play with it. And it's because just yesterday um, I had a client who has that exact problem. Um, one of their staff has created their um, their main. Uh, you know, business Facebook page, but it's actually as his personal page. Like it was created as his personal, and he's kind of augmented it a little bit. Um, so it's, it's it, for me very, very timely <laughs> to, to, to see this uh, to see this coming about and, and, and get a chance to play with it. Um, but unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to. It's definitely not the first time I've seen that that as a problem before. Um, and and so I, I think you know, good for Facebook for for reacting. Otherwise, they were going to end up with. You know, well, you know what I am, just tons of abandoned pages, right? They were just, they weren't going to be set up right. People were going to get annoyed with them and, and, and go away. And, and I think this will be a, a good way for them to, to solve it. I think one of the big perks to Facebook, and you talked about it, they were going to need an algorithmic solution. One of the big perks for Facebook historically has been they don't need to come up with an algorithmic formula for things because we do that for them. I decide that I like Jim, and Jim decides he likes that. Right? I mean, that's that's how this the entire Facebook thing works. So, for them to come in, I, I think that would have been a. I think it would have been like watching a car crash, right? I mean, that's not their specialty. So, allowing the users to fix their problem, uh, I, I think that was a great idea on Facebook's part because that's what they really specialize in is is getting users to do their work and then providing an easy. Um, system for those users to then promote and interact with each other. So um, I, I think good decision on their part. 
and uh, and I look forward to playing with it. And you know, by next week, I'll be able to you know sort of chat a little more about okay, and here's you know, here's what happens. You know, a, a cool way of playing with this. I, I was I've been meaning to do this. I uh, I saw what the the fellows from the the other another webmaster radio show, State of Search, have done with Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, they've done a, they've done a great job. They have every one of their episodes. Um, 70, maybe 80-some-odd back episodes posted up there, and, you know, if I wasn't so damn busy with client work, <laughs> uh, I'd gotten around to doing this myself, but I think I'm going to over the weekend. Mess around, start up a personal profile for Webcology and try to change that into a business profile just to see what happens. Um, but we can't really talk about that much longer because it's 20 minutes after the hour. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from uh, Beanstalk SEO. We have to take a break to run some commercials. We're going to be coming back with David Harry from SEO Dojo, the SEO Gypsy. Friends, stay tuned. We're going to be talking Panda. Bear with these commercials. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Two, one, boost to ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy to use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at ascendercart.com. A S C E N D E R C A R T.com. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. The Cyber Law and Business Report, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And we are honored to be joined by the gypsy himself, David Harry, SEO gypsy. The, uh, as I said earlier, the sensei of the SEO training dojo. Um... Gypsy Man, welcome back See, to Webcology. I, I, good to be back. Good to be back. How you doing, brother? 
And it actually goes seafood because it's kind of more Chinese than Japanese. Japanese is sensei, so I, you know, I'm always busting people's balls with that. So. Uh, but anyways, well, back. Yeah, I consider my balls busted. Um, in this case, I will mention I've got an image of you on screen in front of the SEO in front of the SEO uh, training dojo um, banner. You're looking um, all cosmopolitan in that knit scarf, but you're making a duck face at the camera. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, people, are, I get the I get the Mr. Who stuff with that uh, because uh, because I'm gonna have to change my scarf, man. I, I've been getting a lot of Doctor Who. What are you, so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another person said I looked a bit Draculish. I was a little pale, so I don't know. The picture was outdoors, actually. So. Oh, outdoors in front of one of those green screens. Got it. But, but so, I'll be doing um, it soon. See, we change. I change avatars with the seasons, so they're breaking out the spring ones soon. Excellent, excellent. Um, d- just do us all a big favor. Don't go all Tim Ash on us, say. Eh? Uh, you know, Tim's uh, summer. <laughs> Tim's summer avatar is him in a speedo. We- no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> we won't be going. <laughs> I'm sorry for going there. You know what? I'm going there because I promised Tim I'd do it at least once a month. And I'm going to. It's your new running gag, is it? This is my new running gag. Tim Ash and Espino. Put pictures yep. of him in the show notes there, you know, for everybody. Anyway, it's been. We've been trying to get you on the show for a couple of weeks now. Um, you were sick. SES New York came up. Um, it was a, a couple. You guys were moving for two weeks. You guys were moving for two weeks, sir. Yeah, yeah. The studios moved to uh, down by the waterfront, but now we got you on. And actually, this might be a more opportune time to have you on because we wanted to talk about Panda four weeks ago. Now, Panda slash Farmer, depending on uh, you know what. Yeah, you I want call to it talk the Panda about. Farmer, though. You can put them together. It's a Panda Farmer, right? Yeah, <laughs> heaven knows the world needs more pandas. Um, it's been about a month now. We've uh, heard the howls of outrage from uh, content providers like uh, Demand Media or uh, uh, eHow. Then we've heard the size of relief from the same content providers. Um, what do you think? How's the Panda update been to you, and what's your opinion of it? Well, I guess you know my my opinion is isn't as bad as most people because yeah, nothing we did. Uh, you know, clients that we have, sites of our own. Um, nothing we really work work on or worked with was, was hammered. Some improvements, eh, a lot stayed the same. So I wasn't getting that, but I was getting all kinds of emails, I guess, because of the dojo or just because of the industry. When you know what it's like after many years, you know so many people. And so people are coming to me privately going, you know, can you look at this? Can you look at that? Um, work's picked up. <laughs> you know, we've got lots of consulting gigs from it. So thank you, Google. You know, the, the, <laughs> and the whole SEO is dead thing. I... I I think everyone should believe that because as long as you're my client's competitors, SEO is definitely dead. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in the sense as a as an SEO, I've, I, it's just one more change that Google's made things more complicated that requires folks like me for people to compete, and so I get lots of work. Um, beyond that, yeah, as you mentioned, it's kind of interesting that um, you know I, I guess one of the two got nailed, wasn't it? I think eHow. Did didn't get nailed, but Mahalo did, if I remember correctly. Oh. So that was called karma. It, yeah, well, it's interesting because you know Jason, poor Jason Calcanus was out there two weeks before this, saying to everyone, saying to uh, Ehow, stop doing this, demand media. I'm going to stop doing it. So so should you, kind of thing, you know. And he was showing that you know he's only creating 1,500 pages a day, and they're creating 2,700 a day. So that was somehow supposed to make him feel better. 
Um, so, it's yeah. the very I've first also- time in Jason Calacanis' history, very first time he's ever come out and said, mine is smaller than yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt good about it. So, yeah, they seem, some of them got hit, but, you know, the next day I was running around various query spaces trying just generalized queries, and I was still seeing a lot of Yahoo answers and eHow and things like that. So I, I don't think, once again, it was targeted directly at them. If anything, I think it's more of a, a symptom of all the bad press they were getting in, in larger publications in the, that recent period, the Chicago Tribune, uh, New York Times, and places like that. Um, I think there was a symptom of it because one of the engineers, even at one of the different zillion interviews out there, had said that this is something they started working on last January, meaning a year ago in 2010, and they kind of sped up uh, the time frame to kick it out. So I talked well, to people at like Christmas sites. I had people who had like Christmas sites that you know what I mean were very legitimate, kind of what you would call a mom and pop site. You know what I mean? Absolutely no dodgy link building, no, just a normal person making a site. I saw sites like that get hit, so there was a lot of collateral. This is something that that we really got to understand in the SEO industry. When Google introduces a new tweak to its algorithm, it's not like uh, Matt and Miley and team thought of it two weeks ago. Yeah, a lot of people like that. Some, yeah, some egregious offense that they just got to deal with, and we're, we're going to pull all nighters till we get it dealt with, team. It doesn't work that way. They actually work on this stuff over periods of months or even years. That's right, and it goes through rigorous testing and, and usability and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, when it finally hits the market, it's been probably six months to a year to more. So, yeah, um, occasionally they do make a change that, you know, like there's a glitch or something that they'll fix, but you know, even those, they tend to, we, we, we tend to suspect they're manual. But, um, so, yeah, I don't think there's a, this, you know, a lot of the changes we've had, you can really nail them down. You can say, okay, this was that or this and that. Um, this one's kind of tough. It, it, there was no, I think it's because it was worked on so long that it's affecting so many different areas of, of the algorithms, meaning, you know, uh, from uh, temporal issues to citations to contextual, meaning like semantic analysis. It seems like there's a lot of elements to it, so picking it apart's not entirely easy. As usual, there's no handbook comes with it saying, you know, here's what you do today. Well, so what do you do today? Panda's out there. It's been there for a month. You know that it's that Google is ranking slightly differently. But then again, I mean, Google's introduced so many things in the last couple of years. Oh, that's right. That's right, because 10 days before that was the attribution algo change, which was was about scraped content, things of that nature. That was 10 days before the Panda one came out. Kind of got forgotten because people started getting excited about what happened with Panda because it was a much larger effect. But even the attribution thing is, is coming into play, um, meaning places like PR Wire, I believe, got spanked a fair bit, but, and even article marketing sites. But if you consider it this way, not everyone goes to eZine articles and puts it there first, right? They might, you know, there's what, maybe six, seven main article marketing sites. So a person might go put it on this one first and then tomorrow, go articles yesterday and then today they went to eZine articles. Well, easy, and all of a sudden, if this attribution algo is working properly, the person who first published it, meaning Go Articles, would get attribution, the other person gets knocked off. So when easy and articles started complaining about um, how we lost traffic, well, a lot of it could be that reason, is they were getting double attribution before, and they're not now. And that could account for a fairly large loss. So once again, so you roll that in, and, and people might not even be thinking about these two separate algo changes within a 10-day period. Some of it could be Panda, some of it could be the other one, you know? 
So what are so you guys doing differently with uh, with with this new algorithm update that's out there? You know that you know that we have to do things slightly differently. How's your practice changed? None. Um, like I said, if anything, I'm kind of happier because what we do and advocate and, and so forth is getting more credence. It's becoming more valuable. You know what I mean? Once again, my business is booming because we tend to do very content centric things. Meaning, if I'm doing a you know, I, I, we don't even. Like, I hate using the word link building these days because it's it's relationship marketing, it's link marketing. I don't know. I think Deborah Malister, she's a dojo member. She she likes link marketing, I believe. And in the fact that, let's say I'm doing outreach and I run the tool, maybe on Tolo or location somebody's tool, and get a whole bunch of uh, ret- results of top blogs, I can approach to drop some content on. Well, if I get some Odesk four hundred, five hundred, two dollar piece written, I drop it on the blog. Am I forming a relationship? No. You know what I mean? If I spend money on research and writers and send over a piece that brings them lots of traffic and, and does well on their blog, you made a friend. You brought them traffic. You know what I mean? So that's my version of link building and outreach. It's not zinging off a thousand emails going, hi, we like your blog, well, we'd like to like, you know. I don't, I've never done that approach, so we've always believed in, in creating good content because even if you're dropping it out there, it helps build authority. It does more than links. You know what I mean? You're building relationships, you're building authority, you're, you're strengthening the brand or whatever. It's not just about getting that link. So for us, not, I don't see a lot changing. We weren't in content centric anyway. So, David, the way you just phrased that answer uh, led me to another question. It may, se- it may seem like a little bit of a, a lateral leap, but I, I, I think you'll, I think you'll get where I'm going with this. Um, a lot of emphasis traditionally has been put on uh, single techniques, uh, link building, uh, page rank funneling, um, uh, strong content, etc. Do you think that over time, we in the SEO field have actually stepped further away from the types of practices Google wants to see or is concentrating on these you know, individual cure-all techniques is is uh, is that a pattern in the SEO community, and is that the right pattern, or have we stepped away from the right way to do it? Yeah, I, right way is something I'd be careful with because I say something like that, and I'll be hearing it for weeks. But um, for me, at least, I think that it, it's maybe born from the days when when you know the spammers were having a lot more success that they just you know here we are trying to do the google mantra and we're doing good content and all this other things google tells us and some spammer comes along revs up x rummer and kicks our ass so i think seos along the way sort of got jaded maybe a bit i'm not sure how we got here but i think that's part of it that you know everyone knows a black hat and everyone knows of this and that and so they're like well fuck why am i doing this you know so but you know, will that last? Would that last? I know a lot of black hat guys that aren't getting the success they are. I know link building people that are on the border lines of white and gray and whatever. And even they're not having the same success. So, you know, search engineers aren't stupid people. They'll catch up eventually. So I've always just kind of stuck somewhat away from the line. And, I, and I'm dealing with brands and, and the kind of clients that I'm not going to go near the line anyways. You know what I mean? You're going to do it to your own sites on Viagra. That's one thing. But a client site, well, it's totally different. So, yeah, I, I think to a large degree, um, people got also obsessed with tools because tools spit out reports. They don't look at the SERP anymore. You know, they don't, you know, when, when I st- we first started talking about the universal search strategy last, like a year and change ago, people were like, well, that's amazing. Well, where'd you come up with that? And we we're like, I don't know. We looked at the SERP and there was a bunch of universal stuff in it. So we thought, how do we get in there? You know? So 
people in the C-level, people like these tools. You know, you, you talk to 10 SEOs about ranking reports and you'll get 20 answers and one will be yes and one will be no. You know, SEOs love to write about ranking reports not being useful, but everyone I talk to still sends them up the change to, chain to the, to the C-level people above them, right? So tools are another problem that people got away from the, the job at hand. And, and I think SEO has just evolved. We're, you know what I mean? When I, I don't know, you know, you've been around longer than me probably. So 67 years ago, we, we weren't hiring writers and doing all this, you know, content strategy and researching blogs and outreach and all this stuff that we do now. So I, I think a lot's changed and maybe a lot of people aren't, aren't keeping up with it. I don't know. Now, over time, um, SEOs as a profession have seen the reputation of the industry go up and down and up and down. It seems that we're in a low point right now. Um, about a month ago on the CBS show, TV show, The Good Wife, a unfavorable character was introduced as an SEO. Yeah, wasn't it some legal thing? He was in court or something like that? Well, yeah. Um, the, the fact that he was an SEO didn't actually play a lot in the storyline. It just wanted to paint him as an unsympathetic character. Um, a couple of weeks ago in the New York Times, an examination of the Huffington Post pointed out that they were using what were, uh, I'm not quoting directly, but what were referred to as unsavory SEO tactics. Yeah, I know. Now, we, we, had, we had, we, we had uh, a, a myriad of others. <laughs> there was oh, absolutely. A, a boss.com, boss the, the fashion guys, they got nailed. Um, who else was there? Was the one I, I was involved in the one out of uh, this. Uh, see, I don't even remember my own press anymore. That's pathetic, eh? <laughs> uh, I'm busy, man. But yeah, I, 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 there was a whole bunch of this outing. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with most of these. Okay, they were all initiated by SEOs. Okay, this this is the, this. Does that help us any? Think about this. The fact that. You know, there's an unspoken rule, I think, amongst many professions, like lawyers, doctors, that, you you know, you talk amongst yourself, you don't air your dirty laundry in public, you know what I mean? Like, you censure people and what have you. These these these, these ones that hit the New York Times, uh, Wall Street Journal, and, and, and the, the boss one, were all started by SEOs. Okay, the, the New York Times one, um, the guy who did the analysis of this whole thing and showed the New York Times how it went down and what they did and then he published on his blog this big thing turns out his boss, his CEO is also a New York Times blogger was there any transparency on that? No um, the one on the, on the Wall Street Journal that one was one of the SEOs whose boss knew someone at the Wall Street Journal Okay, so they, one of their competitors was doing something dodgy so they would, instead of going through Google they went through the press um, so that was started by an SEO as well to nuke a competitor. Um, the boss one, even more interesting, um, is a guy who's an SEO <laughs> that used to work for the Google Web Spam team. <laughs> okay. And he outed boss on his blog. I kind of wrote Google about it, and I said, you know, I tried to get some sort of reaction, and I said, you know, isn't it kind of strange that a guy who used to work there on the web spam team is now an SEO? That's, they just said, yes, that is kind of odd. I got like a one-line answer. <laughs> well, so one of the answers I get out of Google, which tend to read no comment. Um, <laughs> and that's why they wouldn't comment on this stuff. The Wall Street Journal one, I was privy to the, everything that happened because there was a reporter. Um, the SEO that outed these poor bastards gave them my name. Because they didn't want to comment, obviously, on the story. So they gave him my name. That's how I got involved. And uh, 
Yeah, nice, eh? So, so, but it's a trend, you know what I mean? And, and so if we're talking about our reputation, if we're ta- are we helping ourselves by doing this kind of stuff? You know, I asked the reporter straight out. I said, you realize that you're being mani- manipulated and that, that this is why this is happening. And the guy said, I don't care. So he said, that's been happening for thousands, hundreds of years in the press. <laughs> he said, as long as my information's correct, that's all I care. And I was like, all right, okay. Well, speaking of manipulation, um, I'd like to, we have to, we're going to have to go to break, but I'd like to come back and talk about um, another story that's about a month old, but it's a good time to revisit it, the JCPenney story. Um, egregious manipulation. And, um, you know, I, I, I know you have an interesting take on what went down, but if, uh, with, if I could beg your patience, we have to take uh, a couple of minutes to pay some bills here on Webmaster Radio. It's 20 minutes to the hour. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beatstock SEO. Stay tuned. We'll be back with David Harry from SEO Dojo after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm wants to give you the market edge. Join host Larry Weber as he speaks to the innovators and trendsetters who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand after the show inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is uh, 26 minutes to the hour. We have David Harry, uh, the boss man over at SEO Dojo. Um, David, a few weeks ago, when we were trying to get you up on, on, on the show, and then we had that whole series of unfortunate events that prevented you from being on the show, we were going to uh, talk about JCPenney. You had an interesting take on what went down with JCPenney. I'm curious, uh, with the benefit of four weeks' hindsight, what do you think? Um, 
Like I was saying before the break there, I, I think all of it rather has been concerning, like I said. It, it's not like these, these media people sort of magically got interested in it. It was SEOs that are pushing it. The New York Times one is, is the J.C. Penney one. And then the other one was over on um, the Wall Street Journal, which is the one I was involved in. But I, either way, um, <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of SEOs that think if you dug into most big brands' website, you wouldn't find something dodgy somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, and, and and then that's a lot. Like uh, they've always got a bit of a pass. We all know it. It's it's a, it's you know nobody will admit it at Google or whatever. But it's it's a fact of life. Anyone who's worked at one of these places knows. Um, I've seen them spanked in the past, and they they tend to come to them quietly. You know, back in '06, I guess it was BMW was the first real public smackdown, um, and they totally tossed BMW right out of the index. And so it, I guess you. Yeah, well, still, you know what I mean. It's news, and and I think they learned some things from that. In that, um, unless they're really pushed about it, it's not going to be public knowledge. It's not something they're going to do a lot of. And I think the search quality team does have a, a say in it because the web spam team is a department of the search quality team, you know. So that's kind of above them. And if someone types in JC Penny, they don't find them anywhere. Meaning for like their brand name. You know, they're going to say Google sucks. They're not going to care about some SEO whoop de doo that they did. You know what I mean? They're not going to go, oh, wow, they did what? Oh, because no, you'd ever talk to SEO to a normal person? It's impossible. You know, it, it, so nobody cares. It, it was only the fact that I think it really started with the Chicago Tribune saying that the results sucked and stuff like that. And it kind of escalated. You know, one, it was like they were one upping each other. You know, once, once New York Times did JCPenney, the Wall Street Journal was looking for one. You know, well, where can we get one? And I, I talked to that, that reporter for maybe 10, 20 hours, a couple times on the phone, many, many emails. And, and they, they really don't have much of a clue of search and how it works. And so they were, they were all kind of excited about it. And they're like, oh, well, you know, who's cheating? And I, I quote, uh, I can't quote exactly, but I'll paraphrase, paraphrase. When I was talking to the guy from Wall Street Journal, he said to me, he said, he said, Dave, what I want is, he, he, he says, this is like steroids in baseball. You know, I want a steroids in baseball story with search. Can you get me one? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you're kidding me, man. <laughs> you got, you're a real sick puppy, aren't you? So, yeah, like I said, originally my thoughts were great. This is good to see. I want to see everyone have to play on the same field. Because if you were a small site or a medium-sized site and Google caught you with some of that stuff, you'd be gone for like a year. You know what I mean? Wouldn't be a re-inclusion request in your back kind of thing, at least, you know, in many cases. So it is kind of frustrating. So at first I was kind of like, wow, this is great. You know, this is nice to see that they're slapping around these bigger sites. And then once I realized and I learned more about it and people came to me privately with information and I realized that this was all the doing of SEOs, I once again, my heart sank a bit and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> We're eating our own again. <laughs> so it goes back to what you're saying about, about the whole... Um, reputation problem, you know. I don't think any of this helps us, even amongst our, ourselves. Yeah. Now, might there be some argument? I mean, you you bring up a good point that you know, and, and you brought it up before the commercial break. Say a, a doctor and, and, and lawyers and, and the such, certainly a police force, and military, settle it amongst themselves, and, and we're sort of calling each other out and almost taking a certain pride and joy um, out of doing that. But wouldn't there also be a, a counter-argument that if, if the public becomes aware that this is there, um, and if they see that we are regulating ourselves, um, that to a certain degree that may actually benefit the industry as a 
whole to go, okay, here's the things that are wrong and when these things happen and when the big guys do trounce all over the little guys and, and make it impossible to compete with them, we're there and, and we'll fix this. Um, is there a, a, a positive spin um, to, to this whole thing? Or, or, or could the positive spin simply be uh, that, heck, at least can, you know, people, uh, the average uh, person is, is actually becoming aware that this even uh, exists and that the, the search results are being augmented by, by this group of individuals called SEOs? Um, I, w- I would love to say yes. I would love to say that, that, that it would help us turn a corner or something like that, but I, I get the sense that this was a flash in the pan, you know what I mean? That, that there was a whole bunch of them for a six, eight-week period now. You know, it's all gone. I, so I don't think it, it was constant enough in the public eye for them to really catch much of it. Um, none of them made the front page or anything, you know what I mean? None of them made the evening news kind of thing. So they weren't really big stories. They were kind of tech stories buried somewhere. And I'm sure the tech world already has a low opinion of us. So I'm not sure they see this. Because you got to remember, the New York Times company, um, what was that, Penney? they blamed the SEO company. Oh, uh, we fired them, and you know, and they were horrible. We didn't know they were doing that, and so then stories were coming out about I hired a black hat SEO by mistake. So I don't think it helped ultimately, no. And, and I don't think that the mainstream media is going to keep this pressure up because it was just a you know a, a, a novelty to them for a couple of months, and I don't think we'll see more. But if it kept up, if if more pressure was put on by these large media sites, I think yeah, it'd be great. I think Panda's probably done more. Um, for us than that has, meaning that I do find a lot of people with Panda talking about, oh, geez, we have to actually make good content. Or we, you know, they're talking more legitimate tactics and less crappy crap hack. So I, I think probably that's done more for us. Sadly, I, 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 I'd like what you're saying, and I wish it was the case, but I don't think it got enough coverage, and I don't think it'll be consistent enough for us to, to really normal people or the average public or even the tech public to be aware that you know we're policing ourselves. I don't think it came across that way. Now, you, you made a, an excellent tie because I wanted to head uh, a little bit into the conversation. You're touching on, on Panda, touching on Black Hat, um, and before the, before the show ends here, um, I wanted to get your, your take on it. Jim and I have discussed in the past the changes to link building, and you, and you touched on it earlier in the show in the, in the post-Panda and, and you know, some of it being collateral damage and, and effects of links and stuff like that. Um, in your opinion, for our listeners, what's your take on which types of links and why got devalued um, in this Panda update? Um, be it you know as collateral damage or or intent, um, and and really I mean you, you touched on a couple, but if you're trying to build links specifically, what would you be looking in in a post panda kind of world? Uh, you know, other than you know if, if specific tips would be great rather than try and build organic, which you know is, is obviously you know what we all want to do. But why did the links get get devalued that did, and 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 what should we be focusing on? Interestingly enough. Um I'm not a believer that any major link metric was touched because 12% might sound huge and given how many queries they handle a day, it's a massive number. But if you change link metrics, it would affect more than 12% of queries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like uh, you touch a link metric and you're probably affecting 80% of queries. You know, um, so I'm not entirely sure that links themselves have changed. Um, but if you think of the way links work, um, if, you have a link on a page that was ranking and now it's not, even if the page rank is still passing the same, that page isn't going to accrue new links because we all know that, the, you know, the old theory of uh, the dirty linking rich, right? When you're ranked top above the fold, people that are writing posts and stuff, they go to find a reference link to throw in their post, they'll grab something at the top four. You know, they're not going to go to page two. So when you're in the top four, you kind of you get links just by osmosis. 
So now if that page isn't ranking anymore where your link is, the velocity of links to that page will die, and so eventually that link will decay on its own, and that's how decay works with links, essentially, is as the velocity to a page of inbound links dies down in the link graph, the value of that page slowly decays, as do the links on it. So you, you would have a secondary effect uh, kind of like that than you would anything else? That makes that makes great sense. Now, I, I think a lot of this is temporal. Like I just mentioned about the decay stuff, there's a whole set of different temporal things, meaning how much con when content is added or how often content is changed and things of that nature. I think there seems to be an element of that on both ends. Uh, pages that aren't very updated, like the person I mentioned with the Christmas site, you know, maybe they haven't changed that that website or those pages in three or four years because Christmas is Christmas. So maybe Google's looking at that and saying, eh, it's not alive enough for this query space, we're devaluing it. Now on the other end, where you're adding lots of content, meaning your temporal nature is very high churn, it would also send a flag to the system saying, well, let's look at the quality of the content that's being churned out, etc., and, and the link graph and what have you. So I think there's a temporal, historical type of nature to a lot of this. Um. That was a, that was actually that was a great description of the decay value of, of spe specific links, and I think it could be argued that that in and of itself is uh, a way Google can mess around with the value of links without making wholesale mass change across the across. Um, right, you're not you're not changing, changing page. You're not changing page rank. If you change something in the page rank or any me core metric all the queries would change. So what would affect 12%? Something that's more temporal in nature in the valuation of them. Meaning, once again, you know, so in, in query spaces as well, you know, the need for speed and caffeine, real-time search, social search, all this kind of stuff they've been doing the last 10, 18 months also focuses on, on fresher content and, and more temporal things. So, you know what I mean? That would affect content as well. How old is the piece of content? When was it last updated? And what are the click-through rates of people that query this query? Do they generally pick newer content? You know, if 80% of the time people are clicking on newer stuff than older, you're going to adjust, you'd have a learning algorithm in place that would start to adjust the rankings saying, okay, in this query space, newer stuff is more important than older stuff. You know. Okay, uh, Mr. Gypsy, we're entering our last 90 seconds. I've got to ask you to look into your crystal ball and give us a quick thumbnail uh, prediction for the, for the coming months. Do you see any major changes coming? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think uh, we'll, this is definitely for a whole other show next time you guys need someone. Um, social search is finally <laughs> something. I've been writing about real-time in social search for, since it started, and I've always said it's crap, it's useless to SEOs. And finally, they've made a lot of changes in there that now give us a reason to look at it again. So I think social search is something that, and I don't mean these kind of articles that people have been churning out for the last 18 months. I mean real understanding. Like it's re-ranking results. It's doing different things with the results now. People's icons are in there. Today you've got that plus one thing. I, I think that's where things, the next big moves are going to be is SEOs. And once again, they got to get past links. They can't think because no follow links mean no follow. Don't go guessing about that. But a link's not just a link. A link's also velocity. So if there's lots of social mentions, brand mentions, citations, then you've got another temporal factor, which is something that probably plays with pandas. So I'd say social, for once, finally. Brilliant. Um, well, David Harry, a.k.a. Um, the Gypsy. Gypsy. The Gypsy, yeah. thank you so much for spending time with us again on Webcology. We're definitely having you on again. Always, um, always here. Last quick question. You're going to be at SMX Toronto at the end of the month. Uh, we might be. We're hoping to try and sneak down there. Terry and I have been talking about that. Well, he lives in Toronto. I'm out in the boonies, so 
I'm hoping well, to make it down there, but some representation of the dojo shall make its way in there and buy everyone some drinks. <laughs> and I'll be buying you. I'll be buying you one right back at you, um, friends. That was the Gypsy David Harry, um, boss over there at SEO Dojo. We have to go here on Webcology. We're at the at the top of the hour. So this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You can listen to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm, where you can hear this show every week live at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can download the podcast from iTunes or any other fine podcast and distribution service out there. Friends, have a great, safe week. Talk to you in seven days.